I'm Chris Farrell from the All Things Good and Nerdy podcast, a wacky weekend morning show, part of the Gunna Geek Network, just like the show you're checking out right now. Shows on the network are individually owned and the opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other awesome geeky shows over at GunnaGeekNetwork.com. Welcome to episode 227 of Better Podcasting. On this show, we're discussing being average with your podcast. In this week's Better Podcasting Download, we look at a new streaming option and yet another IMDb for podcasts. And finally, in this week's Better Podback, we post a correction thanks to some direct feedback. Lauren, start the show now. SP wants to correct this podcast by firing me. Welcome to Better Podcasting. With a combined history of over a thousand episodes, and starting as early as 2008, we are hobby podcasters through and through, just like you. That's why we are different. We minimize the money talk so that you can focus on building a better podcast. Here are the hosts for the show, Stephen John Drew and Stargate Pioneer. Welcome to an all-new episode of Better Podcasting. I am Stephen John Drew, and I am pleased to say that SP is here again this week. I don't know why he keeps showing up. Because you tell me to show up, and this is when we stream live, and we got a great audience with us live, and we have a great audience that listens to us later when the podcast is released on Sunday night. We'll just call it Monday morning. So it's all cool. I like being here. I like talking about podcasting. I look forward to it every week and i look forward to this show we got a lot of great things coming at you including an impromptu how i saved my podcast story and a real how i saved my podcast story so i got two for you today it's two for two all right so you go ahead and start off with the first one before you continue with the second one okay so the first one is an impromptu because it happened right last night after Gonna Geek, Stephen and I record a podcast together Monday night. It is Tuesday now. And when I went to go shut down my rig, you know, I've got a power strip. And those of you that have seen the intro video, you've seen my power strip. It has not changed. It's got a bunch of red LED switches on it, except for two that are green. And they've got marine uh, capture uh, switch. They're supposed to be waterproof. I don't think they're waterproof. Anyway, it's to prevent me from shutting down my modem and my Mo my modem in my router. Well, the switch that controls the DBX 286S, the preamp that this microphone that I'm using right now goes into, yeah, kind of broke, just kind of fell apart and I had to fix it today. Luckily I had a spare, so I had to pull it out of the rack. I opened up the top. I took this one out and it fell apart when I took it out. And then I put the new one in and it is working just fine. So this is just a little tip that you might need to do some gear repair before you actually podcast. So you told me that you went out to your car rack. Is that what you said? You went out into the, you know, your car top carrier, your rack, and that's where you got the switch. Why do you keep those there? That's weird. It's called an audio rack. It is uh, where it's a for you audio rack. I got two DBX 286S's in there. I've got a Behringer gur, whatever you want to call it, compressor in there. And I got a power strip and it's the power strip. The actual, they call it a rocker. The switch is called a rocker. The rocker just fell apart. I've never heard of one of these falling apart. So I have no idea what happened, but I do know what happened. 
I don't know how it happened. The little plastic piece that has a post on it that keeps it in there, it actually broke. So I don't know. I don't know. I just know that I had a spare and I put the spare in. So we're good to go. I did order some more spares just in case some more breaks. But that was my immediate or my uh, how I saved my podcast story that just popped up this day. I actually have a. Did it pop up today or did it pop out today? <laughs> it Yeah, it popped out today. That's right. Yeah, I told you you were witty. So we have another how I saved my podcast story and it goes to Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D., for those that don't know, I do another podcast. I actually produce it. It's called Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. It's been going on for seven years now. It is predominantly on the ABC television show Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which is a Marvel comic universe sort of set uh, TV show. Well, the final season just started a couple of weeks ago, and one of my co-hosts has been having some computer hardware problems, and she can't join the rest of us. So she said, I will fix something for this final season. And she did. So Stephen and I have talked about this off and on. What would we do if our main computer went down? Her computer is going, I think some of the video hardware, maybe it's a motherboard went down or something like that. But she couldn't connect to us as we're recording on StreamYard, which is a video connection. So she decided to connect to us via her phone. So she's connecting us via the phone. So the live audio from her is not great, but she is recording her good microphone, which is the same microphone that I use, the Electro Voice RA320. She's recording that locally and then sending that track to me afterwards. And we multi-track anyway. Nothing changes on my part. So I throw it in there and it's just fine. So we're able to all see each other. We're able to stream and we're able to record all through using Haley's cell phone. That's fantastic. What a what a crazy setup that you were able to accomplish because of a little ingenuity. And I can't even claim that I thought of it. She just came up with it on her own. She just said, oh, well, I'll connect to you on the cell phone. So she did. That's fantastic. That's great. Mm -hmm. So if you got a story like this, something went wrong or there's something crazy that you solved so that you could keep on podcasting let us know we would love to hear from you you can email podcast at betterpodcasting.com you can come over to twitter at twitter.com slash better pod or hit us up on our discord server at betterpodcasting.com slash discord I know this is going to come as a shock to you, Stargate Pioneer, but in the past, we've talked about hobby podcasting. No way. That's so cool. I love that subject. It's crazy. It's, it's like we should do a podcast about it. But we've also talked about the nuances and the reality of hobby podcasting. And uh, one of yeah. the biggest things that we've talked about is setting the expectations on how big your audience is going to be for your hobby podcast. While we all would like to be offered a multi-million dollar deal from Spotify for our podcast, the reality is that many of us are podcasters are just going to have our download numbers remain average. And as it stands in June of 2020, average is approximately 150 to 200 IAB certified downloads per episode. That's about where the average podcast is at. Somewhere in there, yeah. Now, while it might be obvious that there's a long way 
between that average downloads and the people of downloads who are getting those multi-million dollar deals from Spotify, just because you have an average amount of podcast downloads doesn't mean that you can't do a lot with your podcast. And you shouldn't judge your podcast based off of the amount of downloads you're getting. You should instead judge it based off of what your goals are for your podcast and what sort of accomplishments you are getting for that podcast. There's a lot that you can accomplish with your podcast of just an average amount of downloads. We're passionate about the power of a hobby podcast. And today we want to talk about some of the accomplishments that you can have with, quote, just the average, end quote, uh, I'm quoting SP, for, by the way, but just the average amount of podcast downloads and how that applies to your hobby podcast. So SP, why don't you kick us off here? I can't really kick anything when I'm sitting down. I've, I've tried. I, I guess I can kick the desk, but I can't like kick a ball or anything. And I for sure can't kick off a podcast. But since you threw it to me that way, I will try. I will try. Can I try? Yeah, yeah, sure. Why not? Okay, good. In order to understand what you can accomplish, we think it's important that you understand the purpose of your podcast. You should set and establish the primary purpose of your podcast, and then you can use that to help better set yourself on a path to meet accomplishments. We talked about this before, we talked about it in the first six episodes, and we continue to talk about setting goals with your podcast, realistic goals. Now, once you set your purpose, though, let's talk a little bit about what that means with a hobby podcast. Do you want to connect with people? Do you want to build a community? Let's go through some examples with that. Do you want to establish a place for people that enjoy the same subject to discuss everything there is to discuss about your passions? Let's talk about some things like personal watercraft. For instance, do you know that the abbreviation for personal watercraft is PWC? Now, that's something that you can discuss with your community. I didn't know that. And by the way, are you just mentioning this on this show so that you can try to get a personal watercraft sponsorship? Is that why you're doing that? I would love to get my own personal watercraft, like a Sea-Doo, oh, I, I, a brand new one. So Sea-Doo, if you're listening to this, I would love to have you as a sponsor for Better Podcasting. And with the provision of a Sea-Doo, I will even buy the trailer. I just want the Sea-Doo. Okay. <laughs> Another example is possibly hot air ballooning. Now, hot air ballooning, there's a lot of community with that, but you can create an online community to discuss that. Such things as festivals. There's a lot of hot air balloon festivals across the United States. The safety of hot air ballooning. Say you're taking your mother-in-law up on a hot air balloon and you want to express how safe it actually is. Or maybe you just don't know how to book a scenic flight and you really want to book that iconic flight for that anniversary or birthday or something like that for a loved one. These are all things you can discuss in a community that is podcast related. And are you mentioning this just so that you can get a sponsorship from the movie Up? Is that why you're mentioning the hot air ballooning? Are you insinuating I look like the old man in Up? No comment. Another thing that is a great example of a community to discuss certain things is maybe you want to discuss legal, non-professional quadcopter drone flying. It's a mouthful. We often talk about flying drones on this podcast, Stephen and I are both non-professional drone pilots, and that is actually a sector that you want to discuss because a lot of discussion out there is professional registered drone pilots. 
So what sort of registration do you need to fly in perhaps other countries? I live relatively close to Canada. You know, I'm from Minnesota. Canada's right there. If I go to Canada, can I fly my drone? Right? I don't know. So I would like a community that I can discuss that sort of thing for. Uh, what are you responsible for when you fly at home? Are, what are your responsibilities? And how, if you want to make your own drone, because some people do, how heavy can you make that and still stay underneath the legal limit? These are all great questions that you can discuss in a community. And are you mentioning this because you found yourself in some legal hot water with drone flying and you're trying to get yourself some legal advice? Is that why you're mentioning this one? No, I've gone through great lengths to stay legal <laughs> when I fly because I don't want to get in trouble because I don't. I love drone flying and I don't want to get my drone taken away from me or my ability license, whatever, to uh, actually fly a drone. Maybe you want to get a group together to do something. And maybe one of that something is, is to take a trip together. You could do RVing in a uh, caravan. A bunch of people RV together, go place to place together. You can do that. You can cruise the world one cruise at a time. You can go throughout the entire world and you set this 10-year journey together. Or maybe you want to see the seven wonders of the world. You need a community to plan these events, to actually see where people want to go next. And you can use a podcast community to do that as well as a podcast just to say, what are the best tips to do everything as well? But we also think it's important to decide where you want to center your community around, right, Stephen? That's right, SP. Maybe you want to do this on Discord, like betterpodcasting.com slash Discord. Maybe you want to do a Facebook group. We don't have a Facebook group, so I won't plug anything. But maybe you want to have a website with announcements like betterpodcasting.com. Or maybe you want to have a local watering hole meetup like the Better Podcasting Bar that can be found in New York City. What? What? We, you didn't start that? No, I didn't start that. Did oh. you start that and not tell me? Oh, maybe. It would have been closed the next three months, the past three months anyway. Or maybe, maybe it's just a park, a lake, or a recreation center like a meetup. So wherever you're looking to have this community, you got to think about a little bit where you want to do that so that you can actually make that happen. Now, an example of this is that Discord server that I just mentioned a minute ago. Now, that's technically the Gunna Geek Discord server. So the Gunna Geek Discord server, we here at Better Podcasting have a little, little channel in there, a little corner of that. But there's a lot of other great geeky talk that happens in the Gunna Geek Discord server. And there's things that's like tech talk that is loosely related to Better Podcasting. But it's a community that we built. And honestly, we haven't had it terribly long and I've been really impressed with the amount of people that have come into that. It makes both of us very proud to have built that community in Discord. It's definitely, I think, the actually, I won't say I think it's definitely the most active community that we've had of Gunna Geek podcasts and related podcasters and listeners ever out of any of our community endeavors. And it sure makes me proud. And I know it makes SP proud. Those are all examples that we just talked about, about building a community or connecting with people. Another way that you can help others grow through your podcast is to help develop their skills. Let's talk about just some various skills. And these are just some examples. There's actually 
hundreds of thousands of skills that you could do a podcast on. First one that comes to mind to me right now, just because I've been ingrained in several projects right now, is home ownership. You could do a podcast on home ownership and teach people skills on what is entailed in owning a home. This could be anything from how to evaluate major renovation products versus total home costs. I mean, what is most cost effective to do a renovation on your home? How to evaluate and select contractors? When would you like to refinance your mortgage? What makes sense to actually refinance your mortgage versus what you have right now? What sort of do-it-yourself projects can you actually help people do and, and do uh, podcasts on the skills needed and the prep needed for all of that, et cetera, et cetera. So homeownership is a skill that you could help people with. Another thing is a skill that you can help people with to uh, improve is let's talk about small project sewing. I'm not a sewer. My wife is actually a sewer. So different things that you can talk about, especially today, are perhaps making face masks for pandemics, making doll clothes. That's a small thing. Making dog clothes. That's another small thing that's made. You can talk about quilting. You can talk about cosplay and the sewing behind outfits for cosplay, which are for conventions or maybe Halloween costumes, stuff like that. You can talk about the actual sewing machines themselves. You can talk about the variation of needles and what needle to use on what machine with what fabric and what sort of a thread that you're using, what materials to use. There's a whole bunch of stuff to talk about sewing. So that's an example of a skill that you can help teach somebody. Another skill that a lot of people listening to this podcast might be interested in is voice acting. So for voice acting, there's a bunch of things that you need to know. What is a sound booth? Do you need one? What kind of microphone would be great for voice acting? What sort of recording hardware do you need? Ultimately, you need hardware, no matter if it's just a computer or if it's preamps and a hardware recorder or something like that. How do you put together a demo reel? What do you put in that demo reel? Where do you place your demo reel? How do you actually audition? If somebody is asking you to audition, what are the best ways to go about doing that from front to end? How do you arrange joint practice or improv sessions with people that are also very similar to you in wanting to do voice acting? So that is a skill that you can uh, make your podcast around that can help people. And you can do so with just, you know, your average hobby podcast of like 150 listeners or so. So, yeah, there are different things that you can teach people through skill and create a community around that. Now, this next thing is one that we're both very passionate about, and it's the fact that you can be a voice for a special interest or a niche. Now, take one guess of why we're very passionate about this, and it's because ultimately that's the driving factor that made us start better podcasting. It's why we decided we needed to do it. We saw that there was plenty of podcasts about podcasting out there, but we found that so many of them were centered to do with monetization or selling services. We felt that there was and still is a niche for hobby podcasters, and we wanted to be the voice of that. So we wanted to give a voice to the hobby podcasters among all of these other types of podcasts. And that's why we started Better Podcasting. So that's just an example on how you can be a voice for a special interest or niche. Some other examples could be maybe you want to do how to maintain your 1971 Ford F-250 pickup truck. You know, your dad or grandfather might have gifted this to you, of course. Uh, 
Or perhaps, you know, there's something else. Maybe it's just, you know, specific car restoration or something like that. Maybe maybe you go a little bit outside of just one particular Ford F-250. Or maybe SP, again, is just looking for a sponsorship opportunity. <laughs> I don't think you could get sponsored <laughs> for a 1971 vehicle, but it would be a limited niche that you might not expect that many people to be in your audience. So you might be targeting the average size of your audience of uh, 100 or 200 people or something like that. But there are specific jobs that you would need to do and specific maintenance things that you would need to do with that particular vehicle. And it's just the definition of a niche, just like better podcasting is a hobby podcast because there's a whole bunch of podcasts out there about cars, but maybe there isn't one about that 1971 Ford F-250. You know, another one that's a little near and dear to my heart is that maybe you want to be a voice for some indie bands uh, or maybe just indie artists or something like that. That's something that you could do a podcast to do with that. Now, I would just recommend that if you're going to do music, don't include the music, uh, all sorts of other things we could talk about with that. But that's a different episode entirely. There are some specific things that you really could do. And in each case, you could conceivably make a podcast specifically for these niches. And really, again, give a voice to this niche that may not be represented otherwise. But it goes beyond just what you can offer, even though your podcast is largely you talking to your audience. You can actually give people a venue to be heard and, and share their opinions. Some examples for that is giving your audience a way to provide feedback and discussing it on your show. If you provide an avenue to interview your audience members or maybe have them guest on your show. That would be another thing that you could do as well. A great example of this is what I was talking about before Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. Over the years, many listeners have written in their opinions. We've actually talked about them on the show in the feedback section. Would these listeners actually have had a chance to have their hot take on what we just saw heard? Probably not. It would be buried under the sea of official reviews or bigger communities, mainstream productions, that sort of thing. They probably, their opinions are not going to be heard by anybody other than their little group of five friends. This way you have 100, 200, 300 people that they're actually talking to. So that's great. The Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. audience has definitely heard opinions. Matter of fact, they just heard Steven's opinion last week. That was a mistake. Producer shouldn't have included that. I would agree, but the producer did. <laughs> That isn't to say you can't still try for some decent interviews. It's not like your hobby podcast only has to be about your audience. You can try. You might not get everybody, but you never know. Some great examples of this and better podcasting just within the last year, we interviewed representatives from both Mackie and Focusrite. In Fanboy Buzz, Stephen, you had many guests. Absolutely. Yeah, we had a bunch of comic book creators on there over the years and, uh, some pretty big names um, do different little pieces for it as well. On Voices Defiance, a show that I did on the TV show Defiance and the video game Defiance a few years ago, the podcast has been pod faded or ended would be more appropriate. We've interviewed a lot of guests that we had on the show that included not only other audience members that we brought on as co-hosts, but we also interviewed actual actors from the show effects team members. We even even interviewed the showrunner of the show. It was an amazing experience. I highly recommend if you ever do a TV show to try to get some of those interviews, especially if it's not as broad of a TV show like uh, the 20 million 
people that are watching things like Walking Dead and stuff like that. Now, another thing that we think is a really cool accomplishment that you can achieve as a average number of download podcaster is you can become somebody's routine. Yes, you can find yourself in that routine. Here's a great example of that. At Better Podcasting, we release this on Sunday evenings, and sometimes something comes up, and I can't do that. It, it doesn't happen often, but it does come up on occasion, and pretty much every single time that comes up, by the time I wake up the next morning, I got somebody asking about where the episode is. That means that we have found our way into that person's routine. They're expecting it, and it's fantastic. It's wonderful. We love it. We appreciate it, and it's just a cool accomplishment that we have found our way into that person's routine. And that person is not me, by the way. Steven actually tells me when he can't load the podcast overnight. He says, sorry, I had this come up and it's not out. I'll have it out tomorrow at whatever time. And I say, OK, I mean, there's nothing I could do about it at that time. And I completely understand. So that's no big deal. But here's another example. If you actually skip material in order like we have done recently on Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D., we were watching the Netflix series, the Defenders series, and we did Jessica Jones season two. The next one after that is actually Luke Cage season two, but we decided not to do Luke Cage season two before Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. aired because we didn't have enough time to cover everything. So we skipped it and we went to Iron Fist season two. We mentioned it several times on the podcast. Still, somebody, uh, one of our listeners actually contacted us in the open on Twitter and said, hey, are you guys actually going to go back and cover Luke Cage season two? Yes, yes, we are. So it just is one of those things that people are listening to your show and they're like, oh, I, I was really expecting Luke Cage, but I got Iron Fist and said, I don't like Iron Fist. I want to listen to Luke Cage season two. OK, okay we'll get there. We'll, we'll get there. Don't worry about it. But it was great hearing that feedback. It was awesome. We appreciated it. It meant that they cared about what we were talking about. So that's really cool. Now, most of what we've been talking about so far have been sort of non-material things. And because I am a huge Olivia Newton-John fan, let's go ahead and get a little physical here. Uh, let's talk more about some physical things. You like that segue? Some physical things here that... Twice we... in two nights, man. <laughs> let's talk about some physical things to do with your podcast. Now, the first thing that we want to go ahead and mention right now is that you can still do merchandise because a lot of people see big podcasts and they go, Hey, there's merchandise. How cool is that? There's merchandise as I like to call it the merch. Uh, that's what SP says. I like to call it is the merch. And that's what you put in the show doc to begin with. You might not be able to give away huge amounts of the merch like some of the big podcasts, but you can still give things away if you want. A good example of this is stickers. Stickers are really affordable. They're something that you can have printed in in batch and then you can go and mail those out with a letter or whatever however you want to do that you can sometimes give away some of the merch but instead of giving away branded merchandise or material you could actually set up a print on demand store there's a bunch of different places you can do this where you go and you upload your logo you design some things and people can go over and buy that and you might get a little bit of a kickback you might not um but that is something that you could do if you still wanted to do some physical merchandise or some physical the merch and also uh, not have to go broke on your podcast. 
And maybe you can even use a little bit of the money, the profit, if you make anything after taxes to buy some free stuff for the rest of your audience. Another thing that is not physical that you can do or is more physical that you can do with your show is you can see people in person. You might not be hosting an event just for yourself, but if you're attending somewhere, put the call out, say, hey, I'm going to be here. Does anybody want to meet up? You could take it to the next level and try to organize something official in your own city. You'd have to be comfortable with people knowing where you live and following all the legal things to keep yourself safe and covered with liability. Believe it or not, if you have an event in a hotel, they will often ask about what your security plan is. And personally, if I have the time while I'm traveling, I usually put the call out about two weeks in advance if possible. If any of my followers on social media or in the listeners of the podcast that they want to go ahead and meet. And I tried to do that when I go. I just haven't been able to travel. Even even before the whole pandemic thing, I wasn't traveling as much as I used to in the past year. Also, you might be able to get some of what Stephen's calling kickbacks. Let me quantify what kickbacks are. We're not talking about getting money for direct money for stuff. Uh, And some podcasters do like to make money with the average number of listeners. That can be kind of difficult just because of the statistics involved. I mean, 150 people, you might get maybe five like patrons at a low level, like two to five dollars or something like that. If that's worth it to you, then go ahead. I think it is a burden on your show at that level that you just don't want to deal with personally. But hey, to each their own. And by the way, you still have to pay taxes on that, too. Instead, there are many hobby podcasters that get free things and free things can be fun, especially when it's samples from my new designer line of onesies. Hmm. <sighs> Steven, really? It's in, really. it's in the dock. You, you announced it. Yeah, yeah, I did. I was in the dock. I should have skipped it. Oh, well, <laughs> no, I don't have a design of onesies. However, uh, my wife actually went to a baby shower yesterday and sh- she showed me a onesie and no, there's no way I could fit into that. No. Anyway, you might get free stuff for a review or discussion on your podcast, or it could just be because somebody hopes you'll give them exposure, such as them sending you a jacket or that onesie from my new designer. I really, again, the onesie thing. What happened to the paint drying podcast, man? <sighs> In either case, you're either going to Accept anything we believe you need to say true to yourself and give an honest review or give exposure to something you believe in. Don't be dishonest and follow disclosure laws and regulations. Yes, there are laws and regulations, but we're not lawyers. So go check with one if you need to. Just make sure you stay within those bonds if you get an item for free for review or to keep and you talk about it on your show. And I just want to double tap on that. Yes, there is definitely legal things for you talking about something you have been provided for free. Um, yeah, look that up if, if you're going to go that way. So the next thing I want to talk about is what exactly we talked about the average number of listeners, and this is circulating around podcasts uh, circles for quite some years. I've heard anything as low as 120 and up to like 200 and Right now, I would say 150 to 200 is is a good metric to use in June of 2020, as Stephen mentioned before. However many listeners you have, you are still podcasting. You could 
have five downloads or five listeners per episode or five million downloads per episode. It doesn't matter. It's still podcasting. The mechanics of podcasting are still the same. You record some content, you edit, produce the content, you publish the content, and a listener uses an RSS feed to download or stream your show. That is podcasting right there. If you have the average amount of listeners and you have that 150 actual people using your RSS feed to download and hopefully listen to your show and think about that and how cool that is. So what is 150 people? I looked up some examples of what could be considered of a crowd of about 150 people. A 737-7 has up to 150 people of passengers on board that. So you could be podcasting to a whole plane full of people. 150 people is your Dunbar number. I didn't realize this. Now, by using the average human brain size and extrapolating from the results of primates, this guy named Robin Dunbar proposed that humans can comfortably maintain 150 stable relationships. And this was British anthropologist Robin Dunbar who made the assertion in the 1990s. So that's the Dunbar number. 150 people is your average medium-sized company worldwide. So they took a survey all over the world and 150 people is your average medium-sized company. The average orchestra is about 50 to 65 people. So 150 people are somewhere in the norm of two to three full orchestras. An average hotel in the United States has 115 rooms. So if you had 150 people in there, 35 people would have to share their room in order to fit 150 people in a hotel. Yes, Stephen. I'll share. I'll share. With who? You. Okay. I'll put you in the bathtub. <laughs> 150 people would be roughly three Greyhound buses. A Greyhound bus can have like 50, 55 people. In there, same with NFL teams. This is three NFL teams full of players, not the coaches. There's three NFL teams full of players there. It is roughly 20 NHL players per team. So you're talking somewhere between seven and eight NHL teams. So the National Hockey League, for those that don't know. And I didn't realize this, but the main, the average number of main characters on a sitcom is five. Did you know that, Stephen? I can see that. So if you have five main characters on a sitcom and you had 150 people, you can have up to 30 sitcoms with that many people. That's a lot. Now, in reality, there's more cast than that. So you're probably down to the 10 to 15, but you could have 30 main characters of sitcoms if you had about six people. And I think back to Friends, they had six main characters and that was kind of abnormal back in the day. So there you go. And imagine how many people you are talking to each week here. You just heard a bunch of examples of how many people 150 is. This is how many people you're talking to each week. Can you imagine giving a halftime speech to three NFL teams each week? Can you imagine being in charge of 150 people during your one hour flight from Washington, D.C. to Boston on the shuttle flight that runs every hour? Can you imagine conducting three full orchestras simultaneously for an hour each week? That's how many people you're talking to with the average number of podcast listeners. Now, imagine 
that many people watching your favorite TV show with you. Imagine getting together with even a few of those listeners for your next trip next year when you can actually travel. Imagine being able to sew tree skirts at your local holiday bazaar to raise money for your charity of choice this holiday season. That's what we're talking about with 150 people. A podcast, even an average hobby podcast can be powerful. In summary, this segment, we've discussed about having an average hobby podcast downloads. We've reviewed the importance of having a purpose and your goal for your show. We pointed out different interactions you can have with an average size podcast. And we framed just how big of an audience the average audience really is. We pointed out the impact that you could have with your podcast. And we know that you, the listener, yes, you have brainstormed many, many different ways to impact or help your audience. And we want to know what those reasons were and those ways are. Please get in touch with us through any of the ways. Again, you can email podcast at betterpodcasting.com or come over to our Discord at betterpodcasting.com slash Discord. This is the Better Podcasting Download. You know, SP, the next thing that we're going to talk about, I believe, has a near and dear place to your heart. And it's because back when you were a DJ, I think you went by the name Mixcloud. I think that was your DJ name, right? No, SP Mixcloud. Oh, I thought it was DJ Mixcloud. It's Mixcloud, something like that. Anyway, I got an email from Mixcloud. For those that don't know, earlier on in our podcasting career, both Stephen and I use Mixcloud to host some of our shows and no longer do that. I mean, the episodes are still up there, at least for me. But I got an email from Mixcloud and I was curious what this email is. So for those of you that don't know, Mixcloud is a British online music streaming service that also allows for the listening and distribution of radio shows, DJ mixes, and podcasts, which are crowdsourced by its registered users. Now, if you look further, Mixcloud does restrict its users from downloading audio content from its website for licensing reasons, so it's not really podcasting, but it is a place to throw your show up to have people listen to your show. And you can think of it in terms of SoundCloud, mostly, I would think. But other people have tried to say Mixcloud is like Spotify. I think that's just recent. Then Mixcloud is trying to be relevant, whatever. So I got this email and the email was very excited. They were excited to share this to me. And they say, we can now stream directly on Mixcloud. So I was like, oh, this is cool. This could work if it's audio because I just got rid of Spreaker. So I was all excited about that. But and then... I looked into that. It's $15 per month, but they're running a 90-day free trial right now. So if you're interested, go ahead. But it's not audio streaming. It's video streaming. As far as I could tell, it's video streaming. And how do I know that? Because you need another stream-enabled software like OBS, XSplit, vMix, those things we talked about before on this show. Wirecast, I believe, is another one. You need those, and you need to put in the stream key from that in order to stream it on their website. I have not heard too much here in Northern America about Mixcloud. I realize it's a British company. I have not heard too much about it. I did go on there and I did see some of their most notable recent shows are have about 3000 or so 
hits to them. I don't know if it's a download full stream or something like that. I have not seen Mixcloud anywhere near the IAB certification for podcast measurement guidelines. So I can't talk to the veracity of those numbers. I could just say those numbers are there. And it's not just podcasts. You're talking about radio shows, DJ mixes and such, which makes me think it's totally SoundCloud or a version of SoundCloud, which we don't advocate using here for a variety of reasons and better podcasting. So for MixCloud, for hobby podcasters, I would say if you're looking for a place to stream using those stream-enabled software like OBS, XSplit, or vMix, use YouTube, Twitch, and Mixer. Those places are free. I'm not seeing why I would want to use Mixcloud unless one of our listeners could say Mixcloud is the biggest thing in the UK and you definitely want to be there. I just don't see it. I did a lot of Googling and searching to see if there was any sort of common recognition of Mixcloud and I didn't find it. That doesn't mean it's not there. It just means that it wasn't in my search. So I don't know. What are your thoughts, Steven? I think you nailed it. I am confused about this entirely and why you would pay for this when there are other alternatives. And quite honestly, when we look at the alternatives like Twitch and Mixer, Mixer being a Microsoft product, I'd rather invest in either the Amazon infrastructure with Twitch or the Microsoft infrastructure with Mixer because they're a little bigger, a little bit bigger. And honestly, when you're looking at gamer, like there, there's gamers who are streaming to these and they are probably not willing to pay a ton of money to, to streams. So if they are supporting these free avenues, that's more people using the service. More people using the service means more ad revenue, means less likely to go bankrupt. So I'd rather be somewhere that is more appealing to the masses. That's my thoughts. That's my thoughts as well. I'm curious as to if anybody in our audience routinely uses Mixcloud for any sort of uh, benefit to their hobby podcast. And I know most of our listeners are audio only, so I think this doesn't apply to a lot of people. But since we used to use it once upon a time and it was a really excited email, I thought I would talk about it. This next one... (sighs) I I don't even know why we're going to talk about this SP. It's yet another IMDB for podcasts. And like, how many times do I have to say you cannot have a bunch of different IMDBs for podcasts? There's a general concept of cataloging podcasts and podcast information. You cannot be an IMDB of podcasting unless you are IMDB. So why are we using this term? Because it's literally IMDb is saying they are now accepting audio only podcasts. I stand corrected. Well, so now do we literally have an IMDb (laughs) for podcasts? Do do we really? So if you take a look at this announcement, I'll read you some snippets from it. The first line, we're happy to announce that is of today. And I don't actually know what day it was out. We'll say about a week ago. That as of today, we'll begin accepting submissions of audio-only podcasts to expand our data catalog. These are a hugely popular medium and something IMDb users have been asking to include for some time. Then later on, after it goes into actually how and you know where to put in the stuff that doesn't really mean podcasts, they come out and say, or Joel here says, we're aware that the TV series and video labels aren't a great fit and that podcasts won't be clearly labeled as podcasts. I put quotes around that, by the way, podcasts. 
other than the keyword, which is buried in the plot keyword section. However, accepting these types of title now enables us to learn a few important things before deciding whether or how to change our data structure in the future. Let me know if you have any questions. Thanks, Joel. Well, Joel, hmm, uh, do we really have an INDB for podcasts? Could we have one eventually? Yes, I don't really think this is going to be an INDB for audio podcasts as it stands today, but it could be. I don't know, Stephen, what do you think? We'll wait and see. I don't know. I I just I don't even know why we need it at this point, but I guess we do. I mean, if there has to be an IMDB for podcasts, it might as well be IMDB. I know there's Podchaser and Podchaser actually has reviews on it. So does IMDB. It'll be interesting to where the public, the listening public, we just talked about this with Joe Rogan, right? It doesn't matter what we think. It matters what the public thinks in terms of what do you call a podcast? So I'm interested in what the public thinks. Is the public really going to use Podchaser? Maybe IMDb is going to buy Podchaser. I don't know, but at least IMDb is now getting its hat in the ring. This is where we here at Better Podcasting turn the show over to you as we run through some of your feedback. We call this segment Better Podback. We got a fantastic email after our last uh, episode and the last live streamed episode. If you didn't know this, we do live chats on the off weeks from this show. You can check that out at betterpodcasting.com. And it was from Podbean. It was from Shannon over at Podbean. And I will let SP read this out because there's a lot of great information in this. And I'll just go ahead and right now say, Shannon, thanks for reaching out to us. Yes, Shannon, very much. Thank you very much for reaching out to us. It'll be great communicating back with you in the future. She wrote in an email to us, Hey guys, one of our podcasters mentioned to me that you guys had been discussing Podbean's IAB process and some other things on your recent show. I wanted to touch base to confirm and clarify any questions about this or in general. Glad to connect and be a resource anytime for anything that comes up. Again, we thank you very much, Shannon. She goes on to say, We are officially in the process with IAB certification. They don't restrict companies going through it from announcing it, but they told us they recommended companies do an official announcement once certified, and that's when they put it on their site and announce it as well. So we decided to go with their guidance. However, since we had a lot of our customers asking about it and had been planning it for a while, we wanted to send them an update. And just breaking here from the email right now, the update was the email that they had sent Damien that we mentioned two weeks ago, and we couldn't confirm it. That's why we couldn't confirm it, and that's why she's writing back to us. Okay, she goes on to say, you guys also mentioned wondering where we are based. We are a U.S. company, and our head office is in New York City. Though that's the home base, our team is distributed throughout the U.S. and globally. We cover most of the time zones our customers are in. Smiley face. Feel free to shoot me any questions or feedback. We're always looking for ways to improve. And we have made so many updates over the recent years. There's always a lot of news and info. Glad to share a few of the big things that have come out or been highlights recently. If you are interested, thanks, Shannon. That was a great email to get. And I made sure that Steven saw it. He saw it a couple hours after I did. It was a time zone thing because he wasn't up yet. And he immediately messaged me and said, this is so cool. And so Shannon, we like Podbean and it was so cool for you to reach out to us. We really appreciate that. 
Yeah, I, I like this uh, confirmation about the IAB certification. I've talked about that. I think it's very important that media hosts get IAB certified because that's the standard that has been elected. And while I believe there is still some discretion in there based off of some of the trends we've seen with some media hosts that are IAB certified, uh, overall, they're working towards the same goal. We know that they're mostly in line and it just helps you compare apples to apples. You know, when you're seeing your downloads on, let's say, I, uh, Podbean, when they get certified, uh, you'll know that it's the same as another IAB certified uh, company. And I think that, that that is an important thing so that you're not falsely uh, believing that you have more downloads than you actually do. I don't think that it's just going to be a one for one, but it's going to be close. It's going to be statistically the same, basically, mm -hmm. when you when you boils down to everything. Well, that wasn't it. I actually reached out back to her because I was kind of confused because I'd always heard, as I mentioned in the last show, that Podbean was a Chinese based company. So I'm like, OK, well, where did this come from? And I asked her, thanks so much for the update. We'll discuss them on our next show. Do you know where the idea got out there in podcasting circles that Podbean was a Chinese or a non-US based and owned company? She responded to that and she said, our CEO is Chinese Canadian. And no, it's not Stephen. He's not Chinese. Or are you? Are you Chinese as well? No. Okay. Well, Shannon said, our CEO is Chinese Canadian and we have a team members based in China along with several other locations. A lot of people who know me know I was based in Shanghai the past seven years, so I guess it can seem a bit confusing to pin us down with the team being so global. Thanks, Shannon. And I know global teams are a big thing for you, Stephen, because you often point out as a Canadian that the podcast industry is U.S. focused, which it has been in the past. So you must be slightly happy that they're global. I mean, they're U.S. based, but they're global. I have been happy to talk about Podbean for a long time. Um, I have thought that they've done a pretty good job with what they've had. Uh, this is from even talking to Chris Farrell, who is uh, our co-host over on the Guinea Geek Show and former guest host over here. He has been with Podbean for a very, very long time, and I think that they've done a good job. And this this just makes me appreciate them even more because I do think that the international presence is huge. I think that there are many, many things with podcasting being so new still, relatively speaking, that when there is a change that happens, I think you need to have international awareness. We've seen it with certain privacy things come into play. Um, I have seen many, many US-based podcast companies talk all about different mailing lists and things like that, that I've heard advice over the years, just an example, goes against the Canadian, um, uh, what do they call it, the spam legislation that's in there. And, and because a lot of the people that I'm referring to right now aren't aware of Canadian laws, they are not giving sound advice for a Canadian. And I think that when we look at the industry, international awareness is so important because a podcast can be such an international thing. You aren't targeting one demographic. You're not you're not creating a television show to be distributed in US and then optioned internationally through other methods. No, you're creating a podcast that's going out all over the world. And so having an international presence I think is very valuable 
And so that's that's interesting. Plus, Chinese Canadian. How can I not be cool with with the fact that there's some Canadian association there? I love it. Also, you bring up some international stuff. Even U.S. based podcasts have to look at international law. GDPR, for instance, it's a European thing. You have to make sure that you are abiding by that with your podcast because it is distributed globally as well as the California uh, CCPA, which is very similar in, in its generalities. I mean, they're different laws, but that's just examples. You got to pay attention to the global market here with podcasting. And it's not just the United States. I will even recognize that, which is great. I mean, we have people in the chat room alone from other countries like Brazil and Australia. And if you want to check out the chat room, we do stream live on Tuesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern time, 5 p.m. Pacific. Let's go to our next one here, which comes from Jeff Schooler that said weighted blanket that was too heavy for me to sleep under worked great behind the cameras to dampen sound echo in my garage green screen studio. Love this here. This is a tweet that we got over on Twitter, of course. And what I like about this is creative ways to make your audio sound better. We have done an episode all about this in ways that you can enhance things um, just using what you got. And I really, really, really love seeing creative solutions. And I know you, SB, have done something with a blanket in a hotel room. I don't really. What's it? Or was it a sauna? Yeah, it was the sauna up the lake. Yeah, the sauna at the lake. I went into the sauna thinking, oh, this is just a small place and I won't get any reflections. Well, a sauna is basically a bunch of flat plates. So it echoed like I'll get out. And I was like, oh, crap. But it was the only silent place that I could go record. So I grabbed some blankets and went in there. My son got a weighted blanket for Christmas and I didn't realize what a weighted blanket was. Stephen, have you ever used or felt a weighted blanket? <laughs> I have. You, um, I, I don't have one, but I, I, my wife has pointed it out in the store when they've had one on demo. It's it's weighted. <laughs> it is. I didn't realize how heavy it was. It is basically a blanket with a bunch of yeah, fishing sinkers, lead weights, whatever that are actually sewn into it. I, I don't know how you can actually wash it. I have never gone through that process. I've can think that you would have to, but I just don't know how it goes. Anyway, it's just very heavy. And I actually grew up in Minnesota. So I grew up sleeping with like five layers of covers on me. And it would be nice to have that feeling again as I'm going to sleep. And some people just need to have that comfort as they're, you know, sleeping and they're tucked in and that sort of thing. So it's just, it's a very heavy blanket, but most of the weight is actually weights that are in there. Still, it's a robust blanket. So I was talking about moving blankets and I was talking about my voice actually bouncing off the monitor in front of me and that sort of thing. And that moving blankets would help in a particular situation. And I had not thought about a weighted blanket. I would think that a weighted blanket, because it's weighted and if you actually put it up on the wall or something like that, it's not going to bounce back and forth very much. And it is going to be able to take those sound waves and just absorb them because it's not actually moving and vibrating just because it's so heavy. So I would think that would be a great option. I had not even thought of that. Jeff, you are amazing for getting that to us. So we thank you very much for sending that to us on our Twitter account at BetterPod. So if you want to get in touch with us, get in touch with us through any of the ways. We would love to have you over at betterpodcasting.com slash discord. You can find us at podcast at betterpodcasting.com, facebook.com slash betterpodcasting, or Twitter 
at twitter.com slash better pod. And again, check out our live chat. We do have that. We do stream this show live when we're recording. You can see us make all sorts of errors that get edited out. And then on the off weeks, you can catch us at the same time at geeks.live, 5 o'clock p.m. Pacific, 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern, where we're just having a Q&A, a live chat. SP's letting you know all about the inside dirt on starting a onesie company. Not really. I want to thank everybody, by the way. I was over on Apple Podcasts and I was looking at our ratings. A couple of people gave us five-star ratings recently. So I just want to say thank you very much for that. If you want to go ahead and leave us a review over on Apple Podcasts, that would be great. It would also be great to get some more reviews over on Podchaser. A couple of our listeners have done that. Just want to say thank you. It means a lot to us to see those reviews and it really puts some gas in our tank on weeks where we have a lot going on at home and uh, things just aren't going right. And we both had those days in the last couple of weeks and just reading some of those really put some gas in our tank and it really made this particular episode possible. So I just want to say thank you very much. Yes. So for episode number 227, of better podcasting i'm stephen john drew saying thanks for watching us or listening to us wherever you are we'll see you guys in two weeks but don't forget to check out better podcasting live see you guys thanks for checking out another episode of better podcasting you can find the full back catalog of better podcasting at betterpodcasting.com. If you're into geeky podcasts, please check out the other podcasts on the Gunna Geek Network at gunnageeknetwork.com. This show was produced and edited by Stephen John Drew of Gunna Geek Productions. Voice work was done by L.W. Salinas. Thanks again for listening or watching, and we hope to see you again next week.